Hello, social media family, and welcome to Hashtag Verse TV, week 153. I'm Aaron Mack, and the song that's in my mind right now is Tamia, Beautiful Surprise, because I love me some Tamia. She, she's amazing. And next up on the list is Chrissy Marie. Hey everyone, it's Chrissy Marie from Cleveland, Ohio. And the song on my mind, I love that song too, Aaron, is uh, Never Been by Logic. Because I've been working like I've never, <laughs> I've been working. So that's the song and that's it. All right, and Greg. Hey, I'm Greg, I'm from Boston, currently in New York, but I live in DC. The song that is in my mind right now is Automatic Woman by Her. And I just love it right now just because of how it empowers women. Nice. And Stefan. Hey, hashtag RCV. I'm Stefan, originally from Ghana, West Africa, but living in DC, but calling in from New York with Greg. Um, the song that is playing in my head right now is Beyonce's Oscar performance of Be Alive because, hey, that's, that performance was everything, okay? It makes me feel like I can do any and everything. <laughs> and yes. Beyonce, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I, I, I used to proudly say I'm not a member of the Beehive, but I love Beyonce. But I'm not going to lie, like, she did it with that, that performance. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. Let's go ahead and get this show on the road, shall we? Hashtag Verse TV, week 153. And it is called My Pleasure. And it's coming from CNN.com, their business section. Chick-fil-A founder, Truett Cathy, stayed at a Ritz-Carlton hotel two decades ago and was impressed with the staff always responding, my pleasure, and smiling and during their interaction. Longer story shortened, it became official company policy for Chick-fil-A employees to respond that way to customers and Chick-fil-A's outstanding customer service reputation ensued. Now, the question, even beyond the scope of customer service, where are some places in your personal real-world experience that you would like to see improved kindness in human interaction? And I'll go ahead and start. So, vast majority of People are so helpful with me. I have the multiple sclerosis diagnosis, and that's part of the reason that I love Tamia because she also has the multiple sclerosis diagnosis, and she doesn't give up. She keeps going. So I'm like, I can keep going too. Thank you, Tamia. All right. And there are people, like I currently use a walker to get around, and there are people who even help pick me up when I fall, because sometimes I fall, you know, and that just made me think of a line in a song. Sometimes, I, anyway, but some people will sometimes deliberately 
look away from me. And not, not even in the situation that I've fallen or anything like that, but just walking by my walker, like some people will just deliberately look away from me. And it's such an interesting experience to experience that firsthand for those few people that do that. Like it, it, it just really kind of sits with me. It's like, wow, like they are really that uncomfortable with seeing a guy walking with a walker that they deliberately have to look away. And if I, uh, speaking of the Southern hospitality that you mentioned earlier, Greg, you know, if I speak to somebody like, hi, sometimes there will be people who give me the, uh, uh, like that. And I, as far as improving human interactions of human interactions, I, I would like stuff like that to be, uh, 100% taken away. But like I said, the majority of people are so, so nice, so kind, so helpful. So I must say that. Anyway, Chrissy Marie, you're next. Oh, and you know what? I can put the questions on the screen. And there's the question. Well, the question uh, asks, even beyond the scope of customer service, um, I'm self-employed and have been for the last couple of years, but all I've ever known was customer service throughout my lifetime of uh, uh, labor work or any type of work that I've done. So, um, and, uh, personal real world experience that I'd like to see improved kindness in human interaction. It's just, um, general in general social settings. Um, just like you said, like, uh, you know, um, if, uh, you know, there's someone who's different than you, there's, uh, it's, it just pays to be kind, come from a place of kindness. Um, and it's just general social settings. Like if you go to the, to the grocery store, just like you said, you live in an apartment co complex. So, you know, saying hello is, it should be commonplace. You know, neighbors in my neighborhood, if I walk outside and see my neighbors, I'll, I'll say, hey neighbor, you know. Um, and uh, I've been uh, taught over and over again to use, uh, use the my pleasure, the my pleasure, cause, uh, you know, it definitely has a positive resonating um, energy vibration that helps other people to really understand that you that you care. So uh, that's my answer. All right, and Stefan. So again, beyond the scope of customer service, I would like to see improved kindness with respect to those that are homeless. Um, we Again, we're in New York City and we were walking back from dinner last night and a homeless man asked us for some change and we responded that we didn't have cash on us because honestly, we don't carry cash. Um, and he said thank you and then proceeded to wish us a good night. And we also responded, you have a good night as well. 
And for me, I always make it a point to address homeless people like they are human, and they are human, but people just walk past and disregard them. And it's like, they are also human beings. They deserve respect. They deserve like your attention and being treated like, again, a human being. So I always make it a point, although I don't carry cash, I will speak to a homeless person and be like, I'm sorry, I don't carry cash instead of just walking by and ignoring them and acting like I didn't hear them. Because I always think if that were me, I would want someone to at least respond to me and not ignore me. So, yeah. Talk about it. All right, Greg. Yeah, just a little bit of follow-up to that. I think I watched a documentary before, some input from someone who was homeless, and they said the best thing that you could actually do, even like more than giving that person money, is actually just acknowledging it. And so even after that, I made it a point to look them straight in the eye. I'm sorry, I don't have it. You know, good night, good day. So that's the best thing you can do is acknowledge that you're there as a person. In regards to this scope, so I worked for Marriott for a long period of time. Uh, so once I started working for Marriott, that's when I moved to Atlanta. And so when I started working there at the hotel, uh, I was not allowed to say you're welcome. <laughs> I had to say it's my pleasure. And so now I worked for Marriott for four years and now I say my pleasure. And sometimes I had to like force myself to say you're welcome because sometimes I, I think it feels weird. But also on top of that, we when we would hire, if we had somebody that showed it showed that they worked for Chick-fil-A on their resume, we bumped that resume to the top. We were like, oh, this person already knows my pleasure. They already know service. This person is definitely a perfect fit for what we want to do. Um, and so I think that is just like super amazing. Uh and, and hearing that story. I actually read it a few days ago. And uh, it was really fascinating to hear that he sort of adopted that from the Ritz-Carlton, which is also part of the Marriott brand. Because at Marriott, if we see somebody that's worked for Chick-fil-A, we're like, yeah, it's on. Um, in regards to like beyond the scope of customer service, I would like to see a lot more care when it comes to people receiving benefits and services from the government. Um, and so like, you know, there was a time where I had to go to the benefits line and get in line to get food stamps. And so for me, I knew that this was like a temporary thing, but at least looking at the people like this is something that's probably they're having going to do for, you know, I'm seeing veterans, I'm seeing disabled folks and I'm seeing, you know, I'm like, Ooh, the care that they're giving them. They're just like, Oh, do this, do that. The paperwork, just not really caring for their experience. And so in my current industry, I'm actually a director of customer experience. And that's important because we work for government contracts and uh, President Biden just recently signed an executive order that orders a lot of the government agencies to focus on customer experience. So focusing on the care and the experience that we as citizens are reaching out to these services for um, the government um, agencies and stuff like that. So I think we need to give more care in those situations because of the situations that people are in. Nice. Now, I would like to use my one minute follow up just to comment on your talking about uh, bumping the Chick fil A resumes to the top. It reminds me of 
I, I remember talking with one of my former boyfriends about um, Chick-fil-A, like we were just talking about how impressive Chick-fil-A service is and how they're very consistent across the board whenever you go to any Chick-fil-A. And he was like, I wonder how they get that consistent. And I said to him, and I was incorrect, but I was like, they must be paying those people much more than a typical fast food worker. And he was like, I don't think that's it. And um, sure enough, as they said in the article, that they just make it mandatory to do such things. And the people who work there know what it's like to do such things. Anyway, that's my one minute follow-up. Does anybody else want a one minute follow-up? Uh, yeah, I'll take one. Um, I think actually Chick-fil-A does pay a little bit more than like some of the other fast food places. But um, just a funny thing, when I used to live in Atlanta, uh, and I would go through the drive-through. There's something I would do uh, on purpose. <laughs> I would actually purposely, like, when I would ask for something, I was like, "Thank you," and I would say "Thank you" so many times to see if they would say "My pleasure" every time. And no lie, every time they would say "My pleasure," and my friends were like, "Greg, really?" And I'm like, "They said it every time." I'm like, wow, that's kind of cool. Nice, nice. Yeah, they, they. they they know their stuff, just like you said. Anybody else want one minute follow up before we go on to the next topic? I just wanted to just like um, commend the comments, uh, the answers of our guests on the show today. Um, definitely teaching, uh, treating people with dignity and respect, regardless of their socioeconomic status, is definitely a pleasurable thing. That's a, those are my pleasure moments. You know, those are social settings because you can go outside. I go, uh, there's homeless people that live across the street and uh, across, they're always at the gas station or at the store across the street. So, and, and anytime I stop, I make it a point to acknowledge because that's very important for, you know, people to, you know, want to continue to thrive and, and to do better. Absolutely, to, to feel human. Goodness gracious. All right. And Greg, did you want to, Steph, Stefan, did you want to do one? I'm sorry. A, a no, one minute think, follow up? No, I think everything has been said. I'm really just, you know, what the world really just needs a little more kindness and a little more, you know, TLC. <laughs> We can all use it. It is just stressful everywhere. So, no, just be kind. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. And the next topic, it is, this is the first part of the In My Mind segment. And for In My Mind, we will be answering this. And that we'll be answering that from this video. I personally know that I am capable of whatever I put my mind to. Whether someone agrees with that or not is not a concern of mine. I personally know that I am capable of whatever I put my mind to. Whether someone agrees with that or not is not a concern of mine. 
I personally know that I am capable of whatever I put my mind to. Whether someone agrees with that or not is not a concern of mine. I oh, right. So this is the In My Mind segment, the first part of the In My Mind. And for In My Mind, we will be answering these two main questions, which are what's in your mind after hearing this and what's your reaction and why? And second, share a life experience that you've had that connects to this post. All right, and I'll go first again. And it is, hmm, how do I feel about it? I feel absolutely, absolutely. She's Lupita Nyong'o and she's absolutely correct. And I, I feel the same way about tasks that I have in my heart and it's, oh crap, I'm, I'm sorry y'all. Let me start my timer to be fair. Okay. So yes, absolutely. I absolutely agree with Lupita Nyong'o and she's absolutely on point. I, I, I love her and I, I do feel that I have tasks and it sort of connects to the Lady Gaga thing that we talked about a couple of weeks ago when she was like, 100 people can be in a room, all you need is this one to believe. And going a step farther with Lupita Nyong'o and what she was saying, all you need is just one and that one can be you, you know? So I, I, I definitely agree with that. And as far as how does it connect to me? One, I love Lupita Nyong'o and she's smart talented, beautiful, and she's a fellow 1983 baby, just like me, and little known secret, okay, is mm, not to get political, but just FYI, right after Trump was elected and all of us um, liberal, I guess, people were like, uh, we're moving to Canada. For me, I was like, I'm moving to Kenya. And it's, ain't it funny that, anyway, but yeah. And I even learned a little bit of Swahili, mimi ni nafamu ki Swahili ki dogo. And um, an amount is what we see. Mm. Teaches us, uses us, uh-huh. Yeah, but that 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 was about it. That That was my little known fact. I feel... Diff mm. I I don't feel the push that I once did, but I definitely still want to go and visit. And oh yeah, because Lupi Donyongo is Kenyan. Anyway, next we don't have to go in the same order all the time, so I will go to Greg. Yeah, that's interesting that you said that. Your response actually changed my answer. Because uh, I was going to say something else. Um, so that the reaction that I have to that, and I think when I think about, um, I think growing up, I'm born and raised here in America, U.S. I traveled a lot. But um, one year I went to, I think, 
it might have been India or something like that. And we did a stopover in Doha, Qatar. And one of the guys there, I think he was like from Gambia or Senegal. And we had talked about our travels. And he asked us, he's like, what's wrong with Africa? How come you haven't gone to Africa? So it's like saying, like, there are things that I want to do. And one of the one of the responses I had was like, money? Like, it's expensive to get there. Um, but, you know, like, for me, it was like, okay, we need to put our minds to it and really get ourselves to go there. So to the point, we actually went to Kenya last year. Um, and it was my first time in Africa. And it was a really great experience. Um, and it was just great to be in a Black country um, that, you know, and it was just a great feeling. People were excited to see us there. And wherever you go in the world, if you're American, you're like celebrities. You don't even have to be anybody. So we're there and they're just like so excited to see Americans, uh, which was super exciting. But I think, you know, we were like, oh, we can't go to, we can't go to Kenya, like, or going to Africa. It's just so expensive. But like, we put our minds to it, we planned it, and we were able to go. And it's just a really great experience that we had while we were there. Fantastic. All right, and Chrissy Marie? I totally agree with, uh, in my mind, I'm in total agreement with Lupita's um, position on, it's not my concern what anyone else thinks of me because that's their thoughts so um uh that is something that i actually recently came to grips with within the past couple of years because i'm i've been known to be emotional so <laughs> um i i get it though when i got it i got it like she's right she's right Whatever is going on outside of you, whatever someone else is feeling or thinking about what you're doing, it's not it's not your business. It's it's their that's de that's a them thing. So, you know, um, uh, very powerful, assertive, graceful Lupita um, said that, and uh, oh, I'm man. I'm definitely a great admirer, and. Um, and that uh, save the rest for, for the one minute follow up. Yep. All right. And lastly, Stefan. Uh, yes, I very much so agree with Lupita's um, comments. You know, as you know, trite or you know, overused as it may seem, you are capable of doing anything you set your mind to, like mind over matter, like the first shackles are in your mind. Mm -hmm. And when you liberate that, you are fearless, you take more risk, you fall, but you get up, you dust yourself off, you learn from that and you just keep going. And that is so powerful. And I feel like in today's society, fear stops a lot of people from being great, from tapping into their greatness. and um a life experience that connects to this um i've always had like visions of owning my own business right but growing up 
I was like, ugh, life sucks. Like bills, all this other stuff. And like you lose that passion, you lose those dreams. And it isn't until like something happens in your life where it clicks like, yo, I can actually do this. And with Bottled, like, even though I was like, yeah, I want to be my own boss. I want to be a boss one day. It took me meeting Greg and us having a conversation over dinner and actually just like jumping in head first that we were able to create this company. And you really, if you can think it, you can do it. If I truly believe that. Fantastic. Oh, right now, uh, I, I know that you, that you had to cut it short, Chrissy Marie. Did you want, I'm asking you, did you want the one minute follow up? Sure. sure. So <clears throat> a life experience um, is, um, I have a similar experience um, with, with the two of you as well. Um, and it was when I decided to uh, quit my corporate job to work for myself. And it's been two years and I still have a lot to learn. And there's been so many naysayers. And I uh, realized to the most, um, uh, the best thing to benefit what my vision for myself is information. Get information for myself, do the research for myself and put the work in, which is definitely something I'm totally familiar with. So um, that's my one minute follow up. All right. And for my one minute, I, I just wanted to ask, Greg, what part of Kenya did you go to? Uh, Nairobi? Mombasa? Yeah, we, we were in Nairobi. Actually, I didn't spend much time in Nairobi. So we got to Nairobi. I think we spent like a day or two there in Nairobi. That was really just to rest. And then we went to um, one of their private um, conservatories, Opojeta. Um, that's more of like a private uh, conservatory where you can kind of see the wild animals there. And then after that, we went to Masamara, um, <laughs> where that's really like, honestly, when I got there, I was like, this really looks like Lion King. Like you see the vast valleys, the savannas, the trees. I forget what kind of, how do they call the trees? I forget what they call them. Uh, and we saw everything in the sun. So yeah. Oh, everything right. under the sun, all the big five. Now, did you want your own one minute follow up or are you? No, good? I'm good. I'm oh, good. Thank right. you. And Stefan, did you want a one no, minute follow up? I am great. Thank you. Cool beans. All right. So, next topic is. Uh, and we are. It's in my mind part two. Parte du. Ah, this one. And it is, and it also has a bonus uh, question, but. I ain't never seen so many motherfucking stressed out 20 year olds in my life. This generation got a whole bunch of stressed out 20 year olds, bitch. Bitch, I mean, y'all more stressed than a single mother, bitch, okay, with a flooded basement and a leaky roof, bitch, and nine kids, bitch. Okay? I'm like, what is wrong with y'all? Y'all walking around here, your head's thin. You got dark rings around your eyes like a raccoon. And I 
what is going on? When I was 20 back in the day, bitch, okay, I was around somebody hood, bitch, on the hood, bitch, of a Toyota Red Camry, bitch, okay, dancing with Speedos on, bitch, to Uncle Luke. Like, for real, and I wasn't popping my ass, I was doing James Brown splits. Like, I was having a good time back then. I ain't had no bills to pay. Bitch, okay, for real. You know, my cell phone bill, granddaddy was handling that. Why y'all be so stressed out? Y'all motherfuckers need to go find somebody couch to lay on, bitch, and talk to somebody. Okay, so you know what? I don't have to go first every time, but what I do is I count down silently, three, two, one, and in that countdown, if somebody wants to interrupt and be like, oh, I must go first, you can. If not, I will go first, and then I'll just decide who goes from there. All right. So for this one... Uh, uh, I, I I feel that an amount of it and where oh and let me read it for our podcast audience so they all know as well the question the bonus question that we're answering in addition to the basic in my mind questions we're also answering are there more stressors in the world now or have we just been more equipped to identify stressors and classify them as such, or are we just hearing it covered more frequently? Oh, right. And, oh, right. So, I go first. Oh, who, who, who's speaking up? Stefan, I want to go first. Cool. Okay. Uh, um, to answer, um, I. I agree with Lonnie B. There, there are a lot more stressed 20-year-olds out here, but there's a reason for that. Um, yes, we've been equipped to identify these stressors and classify them, um, but there's also a lot more happening now than was happening when Lonnie B was 20, like a pandemic, a possible third world war, like a lot is happening right now. And kids are having, not even kids, like young adults, kids, whoever, we're having to live through this. And it's like one thing after the next, after the next. And it's like, what, what else can happen? And if you do not have access to therapy, if you do not have access to mental health um, aids, you are just having to deal with these things and internalize and just process on your own. And it is tough okay and speaking as an individual i just started i i just started therapy <laughs> like not too long ago but yeah you just need you just need that help you need that professional to like vent to who can give you some uh techniques to you know s soothe yourself and cope and just navigate and it's a lot out here kids are having to deal with a lot so yes um I, I disagree with Lonnie B, but I agree that there is more stressors now in the world. All right. And I will actually go next. 
So I will say, yes, I, I do feel that an amount of it is what we see and what we are taught to view as stress. I think that plays a role because our definitions have increased over the years. So yes, that's a thing. And I also think an amount of it is genuine stress related to what you were saying, Stefan, as far as the, oh, wait, I didn't restart. I'm sorry, but okay. But um, I, I think a lot of it is also genuine stress related to what you were saying, Stefan. And I, I remember when I was 23 and fresh out of college, my first job out of college, and um, a female friend of mine who I always say, often say, that she is the woman I would have married if I was a heterosexual man, but I, I'm not, so that's the end of that. But we we talked about, um, because in response to something, I was like, you know, uh, it's whatever, it's, it's whatever. And I was like, you know, yeah, but you know, our generation of young people, we, again, we were 20, I was 23, she was 22, you know, at that time, like that was the thing and she she agreed she was like yeah you know our generation we really have to like respond to a lot of things it's it's whatever to keep from going crazy and stressing crazy over it you know and yeah so th that that's my perspective on that and any volunteers for next or do i should i call Chrissy Marie. All right, I, I agree with uh, I agree with Stefan, um, and uh, are there more stressors in the world? For sure, there's more stressed out parents, and children have to deal with that. Young adults have to deal with that part. Um, so. I was sheltered <laughs> growing up. <laughs> I always had my, I wasn't like uh, Lonnie. I always had my notes in a book. You know, I wasn't allowed to go in, to anyone's house. But, you know, I still understood the, the street light rule, you know. And I, I loved being outside as much as possible and interacting as much as I could without fearing trouble. Um, but now everything is so easily accessible. All this information uh, is just so easily accessible. Um, there's all these devices that weren't around before that are stimulating the minds of our youth because they're, they're constantly uh, Googling, they're constantly YouTubing, they're constantly, you know, creating even. Uh, they're constantly searching for information in the age of information. So... Um, I, I think those are the, that's like the most prevalent uh, stressor is that access, that instant access. Um, and uh, additionally, um, because the economy took a severe hit, uh, even, even with the stimulus stuff going on, um, people still have the same, you know, still live the same types of lifestyles they're accustomed to. Um, and 
and it's with less or they try to with less you know and and those discussions aren't had so definitely mental health support and emotional health support is something that is imperative in in times of of high stress because it's it, you know who's discussing how to deal with these things reasonably so that's my answer all right and greg yeah, I think like to piggyback on the stimulus thing, I think when they thought, to me at least, the way they thought about it with the stimulus is to stimulate the people that were already doing well, let's help them out. To, but the thing is, there are people that are already weren't doing well before the pandemic. The stimulus helped them, but it's not going to get them at a better place than they were before the pandemic. So that doesn't help. Um, I really did not like this video by Lonnie B. I actually have never heard of him before. This is the first time I've seen him. And what I didn't like was that, like, like if he's a comedian, that's cool. And if he wanted to make a joke of it, he could have delivered it as a joke, but that's not how he did it. He did it in a way as if he was, like, he was blaming and judging the 20-year-olds for being more stressful and as if he doesn't, like, understand. And I think that's a place like a privilege for him and then like not understanding like our current living situations. But also like for him, he said he at 20 years old, he was on a red car popping, popping out and pop locking and stuff like that. But there are folks much younger than 20 that are actually the breadwinners of their families. They're the ones that are taking care of their families early than 20, taking care of their grandparents who are sick, their parents that might be disabled, Parents that might be like on, yeah, parents that might be not, not present in the home because of drugs or alcoholism or crime and things like that. So like, those are the things we have to think about. And so when he says that, he really says it from a place of privilege because he's not understanding what like some of these young folks and still their brains are still being developed but needing to be able to actually deal with some of these very stressful things that even adults can't deal with. So it's really, it's really challenging. So I didn't like what he said. And I think there are more stressors in the world now, especially like now, if you think about someone who's 20 right now, they've had to deal with the pandemic for two years, probably tried to, was getting ready to graduate from college. And now the, the opportunities are probably not as, you know, abundant as they were before um a possible war you know all of this the polarization of our current like politics right now is really bad too just seeing this back and forth what should have been an incredibly exciting moment for us to nominate and confirm Kentandi Brown Jackson turned into a huge political moment like where you know, the other side of the aisle has been like, yo, like, yeah, we need to be on point with this. And yeah, just those things are stressful. Oh, oh, all right. So we can definitely save the rest for the one minute follow up. And for my one minute follow up, I did want to say now I my one minute follow up with no minute. <laughs> I enjoy. um Lonnie B. Um, I, I I used to live in D.C. and he obviously lives in D.C. and I almost feel like we might have 
crossed paths on one of those dating apps or something at one point in time, but it it it, it really is just speculation, and I I I don't know. I don't know at all, and I know that he has a man, and they are happy together and everything. I will say though, after uh, prefacing it with all of that, you make a good point, and he really does come from a place of privilege because part of what he included in his little playful rant, if you will, was the fact that his granddaddy used to pay for his cell phone bill. You know, so like that's another thing. Anyway, all right. Anybody else want a one minute? Um, yeah, I'll right. take a I'll take a one minute. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, people who speak from places of privilege tend to be out of touch a little bit, and you know, because it wasn't their experience, they don't comprehend how it can be someone else's experience. And ooh, I had a moment like that not too long ago, but um, yeah, I think about my niece and nephew. My niece just turned 14, my nephew just turned 12. Um, what they're having to deal with now, social media, the pressures of social media, uh, the pressures of instant gratification culture, the pressures of cancel culture, the pressures of just you know, everything that we went through coming up as preteens, plus a pandemic, plus having to navigate a new normal, plus the possibility of, you know, a world war, just like so much. And a lot of the conversation now is like, who would want to bring a child into this world? And my friends are having these conversations. So yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Oh, right. And any more one minute or are we moving on? So the next topic is, mm -hmm. right, this one, another fun one. You gotta love the fun ones. And this is, Oh my gosh, and I have not been saying where these videos are coming from. Um, that was just Lonnie B, of course, at I am Lonnie B, B-E-E. And then the Lupito Nyong'o one was from at Vibes of a Black Girl. And yes. And we already said that, that, okay. Now this one is coming from afro.tech. I've never told anybody this before, like anybody. In 2014, during a depressive episode, I've never told anybody this before, like anybody. In 2014, during a depressive episode, I've never told anybody this before, like anybody. In 2014, during a depressive episode. All right. So. I'll take this one. All right. Yeah. I mean, 
Honestly, I think the only time you should really share private information versus like people that you're really close to. And I think in those situations, I think, you know, some people are lonely and they don't have anyone else. And sometimes they share information because they don't have anyone else to share information with. And so I've definitely been in those situations. Um, and sometimes, honestly, I'd probably prefer not to have heard or have sat in those conversations. Well, you know, sitting back and thinking about that, you like, you don't know what you did for that person by like sitting there and probably, you know, probably sitting there thinking to yourself, like, really, is this what really that's what's happening right now? Like, I'm sitting here listening to this girl, girl, I don't want to listen to anything you got going on. But honestly, you probably helped someone. So you did your deed for the day or whatever. Um, so I am of the, I am of the, like, I don't know what circumstances there are to share private information <laughs> unless it's necessary. Um, and so, yeah, you have to read the room. And so there's that point in this video where he does like the facial expression. And then that moment is like, okay, he's not interested. Moving on. Uh, so yeah, that's all I have to say. Oh, right. And I... I, I can go next. I, I I would like to, because what you said, Greg, honestly, like you've changed my answers. Like I write, oh man, I write down the answers possible that I'll say before every show. And um, listening to your answer, I'm like, I don't think this is what I'm going to say, because when you mentioned that lonely part, I always. I I have a special place in my heart for the lonely, okay? And w when you speak of it like that, I'm like, absolutely. Yeah, and that's probably exactly what it is. Somebody who perhaps doesn't have somebody else to speak to. So they just sort of feel comfortable oversharing because otherwise they wouldn't be able to share at all. And it reminded me, this whole scenario reminded me of a date that I went on when I first moved to Baltimore. And um, with the dude, I, I, I don't know what his deal was. I, I think it's that he was trying to impress me or something. But we went into Subway. And this woman in Subway just started oversharing with me. And... I, I've always been like the type, like I, I, I'm not going to put on the angry face or the upset face and the scowl and oh, I wish this one would shut up. Like I'll listen, I'll listen and I'll engage, you know, and that that is me. And as she was sharing and perhaps oversharing, the guy I was on the date with, the one-time date, like he kept saying, she is trash. She is poor trash. She is trash. She is trash. Like, how is she talking to you? Like, oh my gosh, like, she must be trash. She is trash. And I, 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 I don't believe she heard him keep saying that, although he was saying it right behind her back. And I, I just felt it was so disrespectful because I did acknowledge, like, she's sharing from a place of, I need to get this off my chest. You are just the guy behind me in Subway, but 
I need, it's something I need to talk about. And he was like, she is trash. <laughs> she is trash. And whatever. Anyway. Um, Stefan. And then we'll do Chrissy Marie. Um, yeah, Greg's answer kind of also has influenced my answer. Um, <laughs> you know, there are, the, yes, there are those people that may not have someone they can talk to, may not have someone they can share, mm -hmm. um, that are, they are lonely. So they tend to, you know, latch onto someone in a moment and overshare, but now that I'm thinking about it, I count it a blessing if someone overshares with me or yeah. shares private information because they saw something in me that they were comfortable with or something that they connected to that they felt like this is someone I can tell this to and they will listen. Because like um, Aaron, I, I will listen attentively. I will... Yeah. engage i will ask questions because again that treating someone with dignity and just respect and just kindness and just being there for them in a moment like because you never know when it's going to be you and you would hate it if it was done to you so i i would like to like you know i like to treat people as i would like to be treated um uh now there are some inappropriate circumstances where you should not share like yeah at a funeral or like one of those moments like if it, if you're not the widow or widower or person grieving it is not your place to overshare <laughs> like it is not your place but um yeah i i do count it a blessing if someone sees something in me that they feel comfortable enough to you know share information because i can help them in that moment by you know providing feedback or providing a perspective that they never thought of or just making their day that they were able to talk to someone about it and have a conversation. So, yeah. Fantastic. Chrissy Marie. So, Greg, my answer was similar to yours because uh, people always share with me all the time, overshare all the time. And I'm okay with it. Um, I'm okay with it. It's just my energy. People wake me out my sleep, man. I'm tired, <laughs> but I'm I'm okay. I'm grateful for that. Honestly, I I have a, a gift, so um, I'm really uh, just uh, accepting that. And um, yeah, I agree. Private private information should should definitely not be shared in the work setting unless it's affecting your work performance. And it should be done in private, in in an office. It looked like the young man was in the office, <laughs> and they, you know, and maybe he was going through something, and that's why she overshared. It just seemed like a little bit more than somebody saying something after a good morning. Um, but you know, that's just what I saw. But um, it, nonetheless, it was it was hilarious. Um, but yeah, that's my answer. Uh, if if you're, you know. Uh, engaging in business, uh, definitely don't overshare. Just stick to <laughs> stick to the business <laughs> and uh, and move on, uh, or you know, make an appointment with a therapist because <laughs> you know they're there. 
And uh, it's not really taboo to talk to them. So you can talk to them anytime via appointment. There's even crisis lines that you can call 24-7. So, um, yeah, that's my answer. All right. Any one-minute follow-up desires? Yeah, I'll take one. Um, so, yeah, I think also sometimes it gets like you, you kind of feel like embarrassed for that person sometimes, especially like if there are other people there and they're sharing and then internally you're like, oh, my gosh. Is this person really saying that? Oh, no. Uh, but one of the things I also thought about, too, is like I think, you know, as I've developed as an adult, one of the things I think in my head is like, I'm, I'm thinking in my head, like, what is this person going through? Like, you know, maybe something's going wrong. And I think by seeing my my mom worked in a nursing home for a long time, you know, as a child. And like, I would see how she would care for people even while we were on the streets. And just the care she, she would take for anyone, like anyone she interacted with, she treated them the same way. She interacted with them, gave them food, gave them money, and just like she would have these conversations. And just and so, just seeing the care that she took, I was like, you know, I, I definitely developed that, and how I also do the same as well. So just listen, and you never know. All right, and ready for the next topic and that is and this is an in my mind section without any uh follow-up uh questions and it's a read topic and it says hashtag verse tv Chrissy Marie from Cleveland, Ohio. I'm Aaron Mack. Hey, I'm Greg. Hey, hashtag Verse TV. I'm Safan. Hashtag Verse TV. Hashtag Verse TV. Week 153.